Oh, hey there. Thank you so much for coming. I really thought nobody would. Well, they have very good reason not to come. This is, after all, a very dangerous place we find ourselves in here. Watch your step. Sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. Welcome to the island of Valahan. A tropical nightmare where death lurks around every tree. Carnivorous plants, poison, fogs, deadly predators, you name it, this island has it. Back there, there are some vines that will suck the blood of any corpse they entangle. Above us, you can see the glimpse of an eagle the size of a whale, searching for prey. And here, bear trap. Or, more accurately, a human trap. Because this island was the site of the most dangerous campaign, a D&D game in which four ordinary people were invited to an exclusive hunt by an eccentric old acquaintance, only to discover that they would be the hunted. Anyway, the story you're about to hear happened long ago now, so it has been edited heavily for a better storytelling experience. But everything is true to how it happened. So, take a seat, roll up your socks to avoid snake bites, and enjoy the tale of the most dangerous campaign. Sir Lionel Howlett runs through the jungle. Sir Lionel Howlett runs for his life. His lungs are burning, his legs are screaming, and he is not accustomed to this kind of exercise in his daily life, but still he runs. Because he hears around him the invisible beating of drums, keeping tempo with a chant that seems to come from the jungle itself. A chant that says one word, blood. He heaves his way through the brush. He moves with too much momentum, so when the ground suddenly slopes down beneath him, he has no time to react. He lands hard on his right foot, but it can't stop the rest of his body from tumbling forward. Soon, his vision is only dirt and rocks as he rolls down a steep slope, suddenly hitting a hard stop. Six hours ago, Sir Lionel Howlett was standing upright. Stiffly upright, in fact. Looking over the railing of a churning riverboat at the jungle that surrounds. In his hands, he crumples and uncrumples a letter. Dear Sir Lionel Howlett, You are cordially invited to an exclusive summer holiday off the coast of Central America, on the island of Valahan, which offers a hunting ground like no other. You do enjoy a good hunt, don't you? Of course you do. Sincerely, your old friend, Dulcimer Crane. Enclosed with the letter were travel documents, an itinerary, and a map of the island Lionel is now surrounded by. How does Lionel look on the deck of the riverboat? I would say that Lionel 
I mean, he looks very put together. I think he's wearing, you know, a freshly cleaned coat, you know, white undershirt, white gloves. He's got his family crest on the ring on his left hand, freshly pressed pants, his nicest boots, just as put together as possible to see Dulcimer again. Looking out over the water, Lionel only hears the heavy footsteps of the heavyset man that he knows because of his father, Lord Rainsford Iron. Not his father, this man who is now talking to him. A large, powerful man with a statement walrus mustache that makes him an imposing presence in a boardroom or any business meeting, a trait that has served him very well. He roars a greeting. Lionel! Ah, Lord Iron. A pleasure to see you again. Pleasure to see you too. Captain Nielsen is calling for an arrival in 30 minutes. Ah, wonderful. Now, tell me, Lord Iron, what business have you done with Dulcimer? Oh, well, I have have done a, a bit of weapons trading in partnership with Dulcimer. He bought some that I have sold. However, he ultimately did not repay all that he owed me for my incredible weapons. You see, Lord Rainsford Iron does not skimp out on his firearms. It is what made my father rich and what makes me rich. So, I intend to punch Dulcimer Crane in the face on this trip. What about you? I I share quite a similar story, Lord Iron. I, I found myself in a business deal with Dosimer as well, um, that didn't quite pan out, uh, through no failing of my own, of course, but again, yes, on Dulcimer's side, he's a shrewd businessman, but, uh, someone who doesn't always follow through on his promises. Yes, Dulcimer slinks out of danger at the last second, as always, doesn't he? I'm sure you were as shocked as I was when you found out that he was alive. Yes, I thought we had seen the last of him. But, um, your business deal went south, no fault of your own, you say. Interesting, because that's not what your father says. Yes, well, my father holds certain views. I respect them. Um, and yes, I I suppose I was... wasn't handling everything perfectly, but- But that's your problem, my boy! You lack the predatory instinct for business. You see, the world is made up of two classes, the hunters and the hunties. You must take a claim as a hunter, be unafraid and unforgiving enough to declare yourself as king of the jungle. That is what your father has done, and that was what you must do. Well, I I tell you, Lord Iron, that's why I'm here. Get to Dulcimer, force him to honor his claim, and get that business deal handled. Show my father that I can handle it. Very good. You see, actually, I I understand that your father is on this trip as well, and I have been cooking up a uh, a proposition for some factories to be put up out in Borneo, and could use a co-conspirator. Do you think you could talk to your father at all? Certainly. I think. Um. Tell you what. Why don't we gather again later tonight? Go over some of the details, and I can present a real structured presentation to my father. Very good. Uh, I tell you, Lord Iron, it, it really would be a help to me as well. Give me a chance to show him I can still handle things. He's been stingy with uh, opportunities well, lately. You know your father. He's a businessman, but he's also a man of flesh and blood and hunting. 
I imagine if you go out on some of the trips we've all been invited to and bag yourself some great game, he will grow in respect for you. Here, Lord Rainsford Iron claps Sir Lionel Howlett's hand, offering him a Colt model revolver. Use it. Your weapons have as much integrity as you do, Lord Iron. Ah, thank you. And you know I have many. Seamus! Lord Rainsford Iron calls over to a slight 19-year-old ginger waif of a boy. Yes, yes, sir! Who hustles over the deck of the riverboat with a caddy bag across his back filled with rifles, shotguns, and uh, all of the firearms that the Rainsford Iron family has made themselves quite hideously rich on. If you need anything, just call. You, you are good friend to the family, Sir Lionel. I'll keep that in mind. Your conversation is interrupted by a loud cry above you. Everyone on the riverboat looks up to see the most massive bird you have ever seen. Its wingspan shadows the very boat that you are on, like a shadow of death as it passes over you and into the jungles of this mysterious island that you have all been invited to by your old contemporary, Sir Dulcimer Crane. After a moment of awed silence, Yes, an interesting place. Dulcimer has made a home for himself here. My god. It's almost as inhospitable as the man himself. But I do wonder why some people have agreed on such a trip. You see that thing over there? Sir Lionel Howlett looks over to see a beauty at the stern of the ship. She's Giovanni's new girl. I think her name is Cecily. Can't imagine why she agreed to come to such an odd vacation. Yes, I, I can't imagine a thing like her feeling quite comfortable here. Well, we all have surprises, don't we? The voice fades, the memory blurs, the pain returns. Lionel wakes up on the ground. His clothes are muddied, his ankle aches with a dull pain. Dark trees surround him, letting only faint splatters of light through to the ground. The silence breaks when two figures appear from the brush, fellow passengers of the riverboat. First is Catalina Garcia Molina Chavez, Lionel's bodyguard. Second is Claymore Sterling, a man Lionel has only seen in passing and has observed to be quite unpleasant. How are these two faring? Catalina is wearing just a simple yellowish button-up. It's well-pressed, but also very well-worn. She's got a pair of basic slacks. Her sleeves are rolled up about to her arms, and she's got a pair of pretty old, partially stained suspenders holding up her pants. You can see that she's honestly quite aged. She's got the bags under her eyes of someone who has not rested in a long while and who has not rested much in their life. Uh, and her hair is pulled back into a messy bun. I should also mention that Catalina is accompanied by a dog that comes up about to her waist. She's on the shorter end as far as people goes, and this dog is by far on the taller end. Uh, it's got a long grayish-black mane and fur and such, um, and is sitting patiently beside Catalina. And Claymore Sterling. What does he look like in this moment? 
Claymore is, um, he's, he's ready to go. He's trying to sort of stay in the shadows away from people. He's got on a linen, but black button down shirt and a black cravat. Cravat? Do we have a, a ruling on is it cravat or cravat? I think it's cravat. <laughs> yeah. I think it's cravat, but he's not fancy, and we'll soon learn what cravat sounds like in an Australian accent. And he's wearing olive green, um, like, hunting pants and a big old hunting belt with, like, a knife and a leather satchel. Thank heavens, somebody else has made it. Senor Hownet, have you been safe? No! No, my shoes are ruined, my... My coat is filthy, my knee is scraped, I'm not doing fine at all. You are alive, yes? I I suppose I'm alive, yes. And you're lucky to be. Sorry, and you were... Sterling, was it? From the shrubbery and vines behind the group, an additional rustling rises. As the beauty on the boat that Lionel saw earlier, one Miss Cecily Campbell... Breaks out of the brush, switchblade drawn, dress torn. How does Cecily look? She looks angry more than anything else and does not look like she belongs at all. Um, she's like wearing like ridiculously expensive jewelry um, and like way too much makeup that like it has, is now running. Like she is a full blown mess, but she's also like less than fear. She looks like pissed. <laughs> Senor Campbell, this uh, is an unusual scenario for you, is it not? What is wrong with you people? Why are rich people like this? I... we're not. This is absolutely... Are you sure? Dulcimer, to be clear, there's a big difference between a a crane, like Dulcimer, and and a howlet, like me or my father, let's be clear. Crane is a egomaniacal, self-obsessed, constantly looks down on people, total dick. The Howlets, on the other hand, strong integrity, job creator. I, ma'am, I'm, I'm not even rich, but I, I don't know how you've put up with this for this long, because uh, every rich person I know is like this. Real cunts, if you ask me. Uh, listen, I, we can be talking about finances and lineage. I think a better scenario would be to focus on how we're going to survive from here on. The group begins to compare what they have. Lionel has two daggers on him, a rapier, and of course the Colt revolver given to him by Lord Rainsford Iron. Cecily carries a flimsy rapier, and an ornate switchblade brought from home, evidently. Claymore has a hunting knife, a machete, and a fowling rifle, a simple long-barreled gun used to hunt quail, and not much else. It's a far cry from the rhino-killing beauty he arrived with. Similarly, when Lionel saw Catalina earlier, she had two polished blades with golden hilts. Now, she carries two blood-rusted short swords, and a fowling rifle. Across the group, they don't have much else other than the clothes on their back. Fortunately, Catalina and Claymore wear suede leather, sturdy enough for the jungle's challenges. Unfortunately, Lionel and Cecily in their cotton and silks are horribly out of place in the elements. They all have a map of the island that was enclosed with a letter, inviting them to a tropical getaway and a hunt for the most dangerous game. 
what that game is, they have only just discovered. Yes. Well, I suppose at this point, the only thing to do is to keep moving. Yes. I... As much as I would like to leave as soon as possible and ensure that we are in safety, I don't recommend it because I think that we are being hunted. You know, plain and simple, people want to kill us. I think doing something that could attract their attention is unwise. I'd rather maintain the cover as we are moving. We should move slowly and find places to hide along the way. Exactly. Right, so let's crack on. So the group chooses to move at a slow pace. Both Catalina and Claymore attempt to lead the way. I, think, I don't mean to step on your doors, but that's just not the right way to be going. You're going to send us further into the jungle if we go Ma'am, that way. I've been doing this for at least as long as, well, I'm not nearly as old as you, but I think the best thing uh-huh, we can do uh-huh. is stay low to the ground so no one can hear or smell us from a distance. And the way you're going is going to keep us out in the open as we struggle through these trees with these poncy idiots behind us. Okay. Oh, sorry, just for my own picture. Around what time of day is this? Very good call. The sun hangs high in the sky. It is noon. Then an important detail I should mention is that Catalina has bandages over her eyes. As uh, Claymore forges ahead, Lionel notices uh, Catalina moving with a bit more trepidation. The dog, hound, wolf at her feet leads her along confidently, and she trusts where he goes before taking the steps herself. Catalina, um, tell me about your dog, I guess it is? Ah, yes, Diego. He's Do you not know what a dog is? No, I just... It's clearly a dog. See, Why do yeah. you guys talk like that? What? Rather than your average hound dog that you might have at home, uh, Catalina, yours looks much more like a Canis Lupus, a wolf. Yes, he's a very good boy. He's very well. He's very well bred. I had a friend with lupus once. Oh, that's very sad. Yeah, I was. Yeah. That's a terrible disease. I have. Not quite as bad. I have an uncle who has hemophilia. Now that is truly terrible disease. Hey, what's the deal with the dogs? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone, please make a dexterity saving throw. That is a 17. 16 for 13 for Claymore. Claymore and Catalina move confidently through the jungle. Pushing brush aside with their swords and machete, they press on too fast to notice the hemp rope at their feet. Cecily and Lionel are far enough behind that they take a fortuitous step back when they see a net spring from the ground beneath Catalina and Claymore, wrapping around them and stringing them up 15 feet in the air, now hanging from one of the boughs of the tree above. Hey, right, fuck. Loud footsteps are heard as they are quickly surrounded by their hunters. From ahead, Cecily and Lionel see two ragged, unshaven men. One dressed in a tattered soldier's uniform, the other dressed in mismatched rags like a common thief or pirate would. 
behind oh, Christ. two similar hunters approach, all of which carry a sharpened bamboo pipe as they attack the few that are left on the ground. Hang oh, in there, guys. Dear. I mean, oh, shit. Stay safe. Stay safe? I, I don't... <laughs> Neither of these seem appropriate. Stay behind. I am Hide. Just hide like the little boy. Don't die. Yes. Uh, Why I, are you talking you and not... Run away, you poncy git. Run away, run away. Yeah, feel free to run. The first runs for Lionel, driving this makeshift spear into Lionel's shoulder, dealing four damage, which brings Lionel down to how many hit points? Six. Six. Stay down. I feel like I'm probably meek enough. <laughs> the next pulls out a simple revolver, and aims it at Cecily. Don't move. Mrs. Campbell, I advise you to listen. What does Cecily do? Oh, Cecily, uh, to the guy who's holding like a gun to her head, goes and makes the Dirtiest, funniest joke, casting hideous laughter. Can we get can we get just the punchline on the joke? And that's why she carries a dog. Is this about me? <laughs> Cecily attempts to use her feminine wiles and enchant this man in a way of speaking. Not with real magic, of course. She's not a real magical person. Magic doesn't exist, after all. Cecily looks at this man and looks into his eyes and sees uh, the jagged pieces of a person who is at every other part of them shattered and ripped away. There is no room for laughter in this man's heart. You do hear a laugh, however. Good try, little lady. Dulcimer Crane enters on silent feet. There is not even a rustle of leaves to announce his presence. He is simply there. Dulcimer is a slim man, but sinewy muscles show through his skin, tight, coiled. He wears the classic gear of an African safari that a distinguished man might wear, but this is not a distinguished man, as his deep-set eyes, focused and hungry, betray, looking down at his newfound prey. Hi. Go to hell, Dothumer. Hi. Well, I must say, I expected more from my quarry. You know, I invited each and every one of you here specifically because I thought you would give me a good hunt. Really? Me? Lionel? <laughs> Lionel, you, you thought that he would be fun to hunt. Yeah, I mean, I guess he would be kind of fun to hunt. He's like pretty to look at and, you know, easy to chase. I don't Claymore, know, man. what's your problem? Well, this just, this simply won't do. Listen, I'll give you anything. Just let me get out of here. I don't say that. that that's going to end really poorly. Miss Campbell, I have no interest in whatever piece of flesh you may sell. Ugh. What? Why, Dulcimer? At least tell us that. Oh, well. Sir Lionel. I believe that we are all put on here for a purpose. God makes some men poets, some he makes kings, some beggars, me he made a hunter. Did you know that I was born to little? A meager estate in Cuba, but I made myself rich off marksmanship. 
First for weak game in the brush, then for weak men foolish enough with their money to trust me with it. Speaking of how do you do, Lionel, it's good to see you. Dulcimer, you will regret this as you will regret every bad deal you've ever made. I suppose that's what you all thought when you heard of my shipwreck. After someone had tipped off the revolutionaries that I was supplying with shoddy weaponry of my betrayal. But is that not good business? Is that not what we all have done to obtain our wealth? Oh, hypocrites, all of you. I, th I thought that you would appreciate my bloodthirst, my inhumanity. And yet one of you has sold me up the river and forced me to flee on a shoddy ship in a storm that on any other night would have killed me and my crew. But no. Instead, Providence gave me a gift for all that I have done to prove that I deserve one. It brought me here. This is a very fascinating island, you see. Did you know that it has never been once inhabited by a local tribe? No sane human, you see, would dare live on a place as inhospitable as this. But in the new and undiscovered, there is great opportunity, and that is what I saw. You see, this place has rewarded me in the ways that I always felt I should be rewarded for the traits I always felt I should be rewarded for. The traits that you all have been rewarded for in your lovely little villas and chateaus in Europe. You will see all that this island has to offer you. I came here and I established myself the best hunter on these grounds. And the jungle made me its king. Of course, the next year I decided I needed more. Fortunately, a a pirate ship had saw my shipwreck and thought it's right to loot it. They docked and explored, and I enjoyed my first hunt. Up next, I believe, was a diverted naval ship. Isn't that right? Uh, Edward? Was that your name? He doesn't remember anything now. Dulcimer claps the back of the shattered soldier that Cecily tried to charm. I tested them out with the Battle Royale. Only the best for my crew, you see. After that was, um, I believe, uh, some Spanish aristocracy from the nearby country, and then... Then's now, when I remembered my dear old friends from England and America and all of these places that gladly accepted my money, but not my spirit. I thought that you all deserved a chance to appreciate the gifts that this island has for you. Hunters. But I suppose I guessed wrong. You've been terrible prey so far. Where's your need for survival? God damn it! An explorer, a big game hunter, a sniveling rich boy, and a side piece. <laughs> 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 but I have spent so much time preparing this most beautiful hunt where I would be reunited with all of my old friends that I would hate for it to end so soon. D 
Dulcimer nods to Whitney at his side, who takes a machete from his bag and slices the rope, holding up Catalina and Claymore. They tumble to the ground in a disgraceful heap and pick themselves up. I always land in a disgraceful heap. This isn't anything new to me. Uh, my body's not what it used to be. I, I can't land like that regularly. Josh, I have, a, I have a wild question. Yeah? Can I, uh, as a character, do, I mean, like, anything? Yeah. Okay, Wig, uh, Claymore stands up. Claymore stands up, and he, he looks at Dulcimer and he goes, So, um, are you, uh, by any chance, like, looking for more people to join your little boys club or, or anything? Like, I, you know, these guys are all kind of idiots and you're more my speed. Is there any way I can, uh, get in with you guys? Impress me first. Get back to either your little ship you all came here on, or the rocky outcropping off the southern tip of the island. I'm a fair man, after all. If you may reach either of those points before me or my men have taken our kill, you will have proved yourself a fearsome hunter and a fearsome foe not to be trifled with. One who is free enough to leave or stay. There is no time limit. There are no other rules. You may fight as you wish. You may kill. In fact, it is encouraged. But I can't let you all go. I would like to encourage a ruthless spirit for this hunt. So I will ask each of you, who should I not let leave? Claymore. Uh, well, I vote for that little poncy boy over there. He's just tripped us up like seven times already. He doesn't know shit. His family probably owes me money. I don't know. Hear me, Sterling. You have no honor. Nope, none. Honest, honest for idiots. Yeah, I, I as well think that we should do the one who has no honor. I think that we should. <laughs> oh no! Listen, this guy betray us. Yeah, take claim on. I agree. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. Watch out, guys. You're not going to survive without it. me. Yeah. These people are going to drag you down. You're all going to end up dead by the end of the night without me. I'd rather be dead than work with the likes of you, spineless coward. Yeah, no, I, I, don't, I don't really like him. <laughs> <laughs> Very well. Is, is Claymore allowed to fucking run? <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Dulcimer... You're still a, I hate to say it, a businessman, yes? Yes. And essentially what you're suggesting here is a trade? Yes. What's, I, I want to negotiate terms. Christ, I'm gonna die. Lionel's stepping up, everyone. Gather around, see how he does. What are your terms? Get me a gun. Get me a gun. (laughs) Keep it fun. We leave Claymore, but you give him a fighting chance. That's the game, isn't it? Uh, Lionel, roll persuasion. 
Oh, Christ, come on, Phil. <laughs> Use that little bowl. God. Alright, I'm using the real dice. That's a 14. You can hack off a limb if you want. Something behind Dulcimer's eyes sparks like gunpowder as a devilish thought crosses his mind. He looks at Sir Lionel Howlett and nods. Edward, the minion of his in naval gear, pushes Sir Lionel Howlett Catalina Garcia Molina Chavez and Cecily Campbell to their feet. I suggest you all run. And fucking sprint. <laughs> I do uh, not look back. <laughs> Sterling, I nah, just go. I wish you the best luck in the world. Uh, and then I will also run. Uh, Senor, I hope you don't die. I hope I don't see you again. Uh, and I'm gonna follow behind uh, and keep an eye on Lionel. Lionel and the others run. They can't hear their heartbeats, they can't hear their heavy breathing. Fear has clouded out all other noise. Until a shot rings out behind them. And look, you stuck around for the whole thing and no snake bites. That's amazing. This campaign uses the Dungeons & Dragons tabletop system and takes heavy inspiration from the D&D sourcebook Van Richten's Guide to Ravenloft by Wizards of the Coast. The domain of Valahan, its map, locations, and a general conceit are all taken from Van Richten's, although, of course, all characters, encounters, mechanics are original homebrew. Still, though, Go purchase or find... No, don't find. Go purchase Van Richten's Guide to Ravenloft. It's a great book for infusing your D&D games with a little bit of creepy and just great inspiration, obviously. I was very inspired by it. New episodes will be coming out weekly. And if you want to follow along and learn about them as quickly as possible, you can either follow here on Spotify or find us on TikTok and probably Tumblr. We haven't, I haven't made any of these socials yet. I need to make these socials at, you know, probably the most dangerous campaign. I don't know, we'll see. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. I have a lot more story to tell, so stick around. My name is Josh Miguel Ewing, and this has been the most dangerous campaign. <laughs>